Welcome to this Spider-Man 94 bonus episode of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men the Animated Series weekly recap podcast. I'm JC, and I didn't stutter through that intro too badly. And I'm Rod. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Rod. Bring in the energy. (laughs) And we... Sorry. And we have our guest... Max, Max, tell everybody who you are and how they can find you and why they've already seen you, probably. Hey, everybody. My name is Max. Max, no sleeves. I don't wear sleeves. I think you could probably notice me from my arms, I suppose, is the easiest way to. <laughs> and also doing a mean cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy with Potato Chip. That's right. I did. That's one of my favorite videos I've ever done, actually. That'll be uh, your legacy on your headstone. I mean, that was a tough one. You ever you ever tried to use chips as an instrument? I have not, and I've also not tried to eat that many chips. <laughs> it's a lot of notes. <laughs> I also have no musical talent, so I've, I've not tried to do it with any instrument. Well, there's always time. <laughs> there is. Cyclops is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we normally go back and watch every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men the Animated Series in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which is... Possibly, supposedly, I don't know, there are rumors that it may or may not happen later this year. We'll find out. But since Spider-Man 94 is in the same continuity as X-Men 92, we wanted to make sure to do these two episodes and, you know, do that with our favorite band of Merry Mutants. Some quick reminders where a recap show about a series that started now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. And we're still, you know, we made it pretty much the entire series minus one episode, not being sponsored or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way, shape, or form. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and follow us on your favorite podcast service, regardless of where you're hearing this from. And if you want to support the show, we finally, as we get towards the series finale, have affiliate <laughs> links. They're going to be in all of our uploads and make sure that if you you click on those, buying something from Amazon will pay Rod for all the time he spends editing and help provide me with White Claw. And for this, I will even make sure that we add Spider-Man animated series specific links. Yeah, finally, we record these episodes in batches. We're doing two of them tonight. So some of the news may or may not be relevant. Last week's episode, we talked about how Sinister was possibly the big bad for the upcoming X-Men 97. And between when we recorded that episode, and when it went live, that was confirmed. So, oh hey, okay, yeah, I, I, I didn't just totally like pull that out of my ass. <laughs> no, it was a rumor when you said it, but it was confirmed by the time the episode went live. So, good job, Rod. Yeah, ru- rumor. We'll pretend I don't live in LA. <laughs> and finally, before we get into the actual episode, Max, do you want to give us a little bit of insight into your expertise fandom, either around the X Men or the Spider Man animated series? I was going to say, it's too bad it's just video. I could show you my Spider Man wall here. I have a bunch of framed Spider-Man photos. In fact, that middle one I've had since college. It's we can bit... vouch. You know Basically, what, Max? The... We, we have an Instagram. We could, we could throw a picture of it up there. The only art I have is Spider-Man art, actually. Not nice. to brag. Not to brag. But Spider-Man's always been my favorite, I think, out of everybody. And like everyone else, I grew up watching the, both the animated series. He's just so much better than all the other ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> you and my cat Lucy agree. This is, it's her favorite just thing spider-man toys i think it's like the design on his face or something she's wearing a spider-man hoodie right now i think i saw that i think i have a similar one in my closet actually actually have the full size sweater (laughs) hers doesn't have sleeves either smart (laughs) that's smart 
Or your cat actively hates Spider-Man, and that's why she's always killing the toys. Yeah, I mean both. I don't know. It's it's like a love. Like what what do what's love or hate? But same different sides, same. Qu- I'm, did I mention I'm tired? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now onto the show. Today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man season two, episode four, titled "The Mutant Agenda." That rings familiar something it aired on september 30th 1995 and currently sits at an 8.4 star rating on imdb i totally forgot about this episode so this episode before we get into any of the specifics was running concurrent with x-men they were in their fourth season of broadcast they were going through the proteus episodes the same weeks that these two episodes were happening oh big week for xavier yes (laughs) bad week for xavier yeah, Max, Aren't I don't know if you all? saw that episode. That's when Xavier found out. Well, he, he basically had a son. He had a of. son who could like yeah. change reality or change. He was, like melted well, was everybody. He, he was in the kid's responsibility. Yeah, yeah, he found out that his ex had a kid who could destroy the world. Yeah, and then he had to take care of it. And he did. <laughs> and then later his exes started the lab together. Yep. <laughs> That's hot. Yeah. It's always so, weird. Do you think he had worse exes or do you think Batman had worse exes? Xavier. Batman's, yeah, I was going to say, did Batman, Xavier. Batman's exes get together and like form like an actual like science lab together? <laughs> well, what's her name? Talia had secret Damien, remember? But the connection then, between all of that, before we haven't even gotten to the character yet, the voice of Landon is Ra's al Ghul's voice. Isn't that weird? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, we're, we're going to go through some voice acting shit later in this episode. I basically wrote no, no names down because of the other episodes. And watch, this is the one I don't need to know all of them. No, you don't really need to know the names, but there's there's some stuff. So, okay, good. jumping in on the episode, there is no recap. So, those of us who have not been watching every episode in order of the Spider-Man series, no idea what happened last time. <laughs> also, that series, you have to point out, it was super disjointed. Like, there's a lot of two-part episodes. Like, I remember seeing the first half of this two-part episode like 50 times and i don't remember at all what happened in the second episode you know what i mean (laughs) so when i watched them again today i was like whoa what that's how that ended that's nuts like spider-man animated series is very disjointed they kind of had like an over like a season yeah they always had a season story like there there was a prefix to this season i didn't write it down because why would i do that when doing my research (laughs) but but that was a a thing is they did have an overarching name for the season even although the the last episode was like there he's fighting hydro man it's like who gives a shit about hydro man right (laughs) and it was a weird hydro man and there's all these weird portals and different dimensions and a a lot of portals in spider-man the animated series which i didn't remember right yeah yeah because you know, I guess no spoilers, but like, <laughs> watch till the end of the series because it's wild how it ends. I mean, there there's literally a spider a Spider Verse thing. There is a Secret Wars thing that all happens. Yeah. So yeah, they they go a little wacky with it. So. Yeah. It, yeah. th- what did begin this episode though, with as with all the other episodes, was the theme song by The Edge from U two. I don't want to pin this on Ron in case he didn't say it, but I feel like either on video or when we were just getting drinks. Ron, who did the X-Men theme song, kind of like poked fun at how the Edge could write like, such a cool theme song by saying all the dumbest words. Like, oh like my the, God. all the lyrics are just Spider-Man, Spider-Blood, Spider-Man, Radioactive, Spider-Blood. Doesn't he like, say like Spider-Glider at some point? Like, there's just probably. lyrics that don't even make sense in this yeah. theme song. I thought he said Spider-Blogger. I was like, whoa, ahead of his time. Okay. 
That's why Peter's <laughs> carrying a camera all the time. <laughs> spider blogger, spider blogger. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I, I, I will point out that I will present, I should say, as, as good as the X-Men animated theme song was, Spider-Man's right there. I, no, I, you know, it's a, it's a one-in-one-A situation, I think. Mm-hmm. No acoustic covers of it, though. I feel like it's pretty hard to acoustically cover that one. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. Like, can you just imagine, like, Madeline Bailey or something, you know? Yes, <laughs> like now Spider I want to, I want Madeline Bailey to cover this. <laughs> We're all showing our YouTube age by referencing Madeline right now. <laughs> the, the sad acoustic cover. I'm, I'm down. I'd be with that. Oh, yeah. So, episode kicks off with Peter already having a flashback where he's talking to dr kirk connors you knew who that was right rod you knew that was that was connors i knew his lizard i always forget his name the i also lizard. forgot I, yeah the lizard sorry <laughs> i always forget how much peter narrates himself in this show too yeah well that's peter as a whole peter always yeah, yeah. narrated himself because he was always by himself so. <laughs> i was gonna say i i would have made fun of it pre-quarantine but now i was like i kind of get it yeah now i do it too <laughs> <laughs> you just don't feel as bad because you have a cat with you well, yeah. I mean, I talked to her separately than myself. Oh, okay. Got it. So you... <laughs> okay, moving on. Connors is telling Peter that he's seen that his DNA is mutating and he's turning into something that's not human. So Peter decides he's going to hop the fence and go to the mansion to talk to the preeminent expert on genetic mutation, which... Mr. Based... Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but based on how he's talking about it, Peter has not been seeing the news where, like, Beast and, and Xavier are in Washington, D.C., talking to the president and in Congress on behalf of mutants themselves. He He's kind of forgotten that one part, I feel like. There's a lot of things Peter forgets throughout this that I've, I've noticed <laughs> about the X-Men. Well, he doesn't know the X-Men. Yes. He that does. Was, he, he's not even aware of the X-Men, basically. That, that, was, that was one of the points. I was like, he knows about Xavier, but not the X-Men. And, like, I know that there wasn't the internet, but, like you said, there was, like, the news and shit. And also, he worked for a newspaper. <laughs> he worked for a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, only a photographer and only taking pictures of himself. He was actually committing yeah. fraud his entire career, so. Yeah, yeah pretty bunch of selfies. Yeah. He was just selling his selfies. It was just, like... The <laughs> if i had the option i would totally do it so he gets to the roof his spider sense goes off and then i feel like this happens twice in this episode where his spider sense goes off and he just stands there he doesn't actually try to get out of the way of danger yeah we'll assume this is an early spider-man <laughs> yeah and he gets grabbed by this m metal arm and then it basically drops him down the chimney mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a santa catcher it looked like a giant dr octopus slash that claw machine at the at yep. the bowling alley. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's yep. basically that's basically what happened. He got claw machined. <laughs> he got the best claw machine ever, though, because not only does it catch him, which no claw machine actually does, it envelops him in in like they have better security in the Spider-Man animated series than the X-Men animated series on their own mansion. I was gonna mm -hmm. say, where where was that claw arm during Gene and Scott's second wedding? <laughs> <laughs> he when, was an usher. When everybody's yeah, yeah. just invading the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was the ring bearer. So, drops down. The first reveal you get is Wolverine. Well, and then it and drops then the, him down, and he's wearing a metal straitjacket. Yeah, the metal straitjacket from that, from the Amazing Claw Machine that covers his crotch. Thank God. <laughs> did you notice that? It wasn't no, just a, I did not notice that. It was Rod just a usually metal, notices that. So <laughs> it wasn't just a metal straitjacket. It went around his crotch, and I'm like, well, thank God. 
Was you it know, like a clockwork orange kind of. Thing? Yeah, it was bizarre, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think we need this for the rest of the episode, but you know, it worked out. This chastity belt's like, listen, you're gonna be yeah. dropped into a mansion full of people, like fit people in spandex. You're a sub so for sure. sure. <laughs> we have enough genetic stuff going on in here. <laughs> we. Uh, how long into the recording? Not even 15 yeah, minutes yeah. and you got there. Good job, Rod. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Wolverine is revealed, followed by the majority of the rest of the team. And Jubilee, super excited and knows that it's Spider-Man. But like we were saying, he has no idea who anybody in this basement is. That still floors me, though. It feels like he would know somebody. He's not a good reporter. He's <laughs> just a photographer. But even just being in, like you said, like being on the news and like, you know, beasts and I don't know. It's weird that he knows Xavier over those. I guess maybe he did research, like, but right. not not research. good research. Yeah, but I mean, like, he probably read like a paper that Xavier wrote or something, right? Mm. That's what we'll say. A scientific, yeah, that, that makes a lot more. That's sense. solid. I'll go with yeah, that we'll, theory. We'll go with that. Also, X Men theme song. Yes. Pretty cool. Yeah. Follows them wherever they go. <laughs> yep. And then Rogue shows up and wants to fuck him. See, chastity belt. That's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> like she just went right into the hardcore flirting with him on sure, it. Yeah. Hard. Right Xavier's in front of like, Gambit too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gambit got kind of cucked in these episodes. <laughs> Not great. It was weird to me. It was clearly like a Spider-Man animation version of them all. Did you notice how they were like off a little bit, all of them? Everybody was slightly off model. And the colors were off. Like, yeah, Gambit's eyes were the wrong color. Gambit had white on his eyes, and then it was, like, purple or something. It didn't match up with his... And he also had blue on the side of his headpiece as opposed to the black. Like, there were, they definitely... Why did they do that? I don't know. Different animation just, team? Yeah, probably Spider-Man's team, which was still better than the fifth season X-Men. The printer That's was true. probably out of ink. That's probably what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were times where Cyclops was all blue instead of, like, yellow and blue and stuff. Yeah. Jean's color palette was changed. Yeah. She was more of the the bold blue and yellow rather than the the tan. Storm was wearing gloves the entire time instead of showing her actual hands. Rogue looked pretty good. She was just a little bit lighter. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was kind of weird, and yeah. it definitely like it didn't. It took me out of. I'm like, oh, I get it. This is not. It's not the X Men cartoon. Yeah. This is the Spider Man cartoon. But I don't, I, I don't know if they did that. They must have. Somebody yeah. must have noticed. The you know only I mean? the only one who really changed model was Beast. Beast looked different. The way his his body was, the way the hair was popping up. It, it, it was. Yeah. He was the one that was most dramatically different from a design perspective, not just oh, a color is fucked up or something. And mm. did you notice through the, the course of these two episodes, every they would like gradually get closer and closer into Beast's face and he just got <laughs> uglier and uglier. You know that meme of like going HD? Yes. The more detail there was, like the more like ghastly he looked. But <laughs> I was Poor like, was that on purpose? It may have been. Spider-Man breaks out and then, you know, it's just basically webs the shit out of everybody mm-hmm. and knocks down a door. And then Cyclops does what I think, Rod, to your point of why you've always been confused of what Cyclops' power is. He basically blasts the webbing and melts it off, which we've talked about. It's a concussive blast, not like a laser melty type blast. Yeah, because that's how I've known as like whenever it's in things like this. Yeah, it's like a a laser thing. Like he's going to etch something to the wall or whatever. (laughs) I didn't get it. And and it felt like a weird cop-out. Like, he got him. Oh, just kidding, he didn't. Now there's a chase. Although it was kind of cool. I like the chase. Yeah. Beast whacks the alarm, and then his spider sense saves him from two doors trapping him. 
and he goes into where we've discussed this on previous episodes, Max. The layout of the X Mansion is the most confusing thing ever. And in this one in particular, he just walks into a hallway that has five doors off of it. It looks <laughs> it looks like the hallway in the pyramid of Apocalypse. Where it's just like, oh yeah, which direction are you gonna go? Here's a bunch of options. Yeah, it felt very like not Indiana Jones, but like National Treasury. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get the what's oh what's the Roman numeral number? Oh, we gotta go. Oh, we made it. Oh, thank God. But I'm like, yeah. this is they're all the same. None of it makes any sense. <laughs> Super so Spider Man randomly just decides to go into one of the door, closes it behind him. He thinks he's outside, which. He should be able to turn around and see there's not a building that he walked out of in there. Yeah, his spider sense is not doing great. And then Gambit reveals, there's a problem. I left the danger room on as it was playing the Deadly Sentinels program. So, good protocols. Yeah, and the the Sentinels, also very off-model. They were way more dramatically different than the majority of the X-Men were. Mm -hmm. I guess danger room, yeah, they could do whatever. (laughs) I remember like thinking it's real stupid how that constantly happened where they're like, oh no, someone's caught in the danger room and I left it on. It's a, that's, they're going to, you know, and I'm like, well, on the one hand, I'm like, well, that's dumb. There should be something in place. And on the other hand, I'm like, well, it is called the danger room. (laughs) (laughs) And it usually involves Gambit too. Like for the most part, he has a lot of issues with the danger room and not setting the protections properly with him. Also, not you know to let the rest of the team off the hook they do go in for a cool fight scene to save spider-man instead of turning it off right they wait until they're inside (laughs) and fighting for scott to tell gene to go to the control room and turn it off also have jubilee do it she's the one who's going to be the most worthless in there every time just send her up there that reeked of like gene is totally useless and does nothing and gets to do nothing and even in spoilers the second episode of this one she's completely missing for no reason she's just, shown in a, in a single shot but doesn't speak in the right. next episode has, has dark phoenix happened by this point yes because proteus has happened so i i, I wouldn't put it past if i were in this group of friends i'd be like we're just not going to give you anything too <laughs> to deal with because we just don't know what's next you know because to fool me twice you know yeah. <laughs> you watch the mic watch the microwave as, as we're making popcorn right that's what you also don't stay of. too close to it either <laughs> we don't know what the waves will do to you like last time it was like something from space like yeah, <laughs> yeah microwave energy is going to literally cause the second coming of the dark phoenix <laughs> so <laughs> Jean gets up there, she turns it off, and then Spider-Man is like mid-fight with one of the Sentinels and it just dematerializes in the middle of the fight, which, cool effect, but yeah, it's like, why didn't you guys do that earlier, to to your point? (laughs) And Xavier comes in and is freaking pissed. He's always pissed. And here's how you know that the showrunner from the X-Men show, Eric Leewald, was only an uncredited advisor on the episode because Scott did not yell at anyone. <laughs> yes. If if Eric was a full part of this writing staff on, on this episode, Scott would have been yelling at Spider-Man more. Wait, so was that his contribution? Or not just his contribution, one of his contributions? He does mention in previously on X-Men, the making of an animated series, which you could buy in the affiliate links that we mentioned earlier, Let's see, Rod, that's how we do it, finally. He said <laughs> that, yeah, there there was a point where he was there, he was a part of the, the team, but he's not credited as one of the writers. Three of the writers did contribute to various X-Men episodes, too. Well, I, I meant, like, Eric's contribution in, like, making Scott an asshole and yelling at everybody. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think like, everybody like... just wanted to make Scott an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Like, listen, nobody likes a Boy Scout. Yeah. So jump over to Xavier's office where Spider-Man is talking about, you know, that fact that he's mutating and he's looking for a cure. And I feel like Spider-Man did not do a great job of explaining that his mutation was like a science accident mutation. Mm Mm-hmm. And everybody else in the room assumed it was like X gene mutation and they didn't really do a good job of separating the two. Yeah. And I guess the only like thing we always have to keep in mind because they don't ever do a good job up until like recently with Spider-Man is letting us know like he's a teenager. Mm. Not this. Like, not this. He's in college, college, isn't he? Or he's out of college. Yeah, he's Empire State oh, University at this point. I was point. in college too, so that is, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was I was the same IQ in college. <laughs> Flashback to we talk about twenty five year olds editing videos before this recording yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> also, he mentions like I'm mutating. It's going to be bad, and they're like, mm, "What do you? Who you? Why do? You, why is it a bad thing?" And I feel like he left out the part where it's like, "Well, I'm not mutating. Like I can control weather." I'm mutating like I'm going to turn into a giant, horrible spider monster freak, you know, like extremely dangerous to other people. Won't be able to control himself. He'll like murder a bunch of random civilians or whatever. And they're like, "Mm, mutants. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being a mutant. (laughs) Yeah, he should have led with the doctor that diagnosed me turned into a literal lizard murdered. (laughs) We don't know know that he murdered people. Except in the comics where he ate his kid. But that's a whole yeah. other thing. That's yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah. He, he goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to cure mutations. I'm just trying to help people accept it. And that's where Spider-Man jumps and goes, well, I don't want to be a freak. Wolverine, not cool with that. Bad phrasing. Yeah. Read the room. But yeah, then to, to your point, Max, Xavier apologizes and Spider-Man's like, well, you know, going to really suck for you guys when I start turning into this thing. And it's like, well, me, again... You should have led with that, Peter. You did this. You had a lot of things in the wrong order of this conversation. I feel like they weren't listening. It's classic miscommunication. That's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. But then I feel like the second crush is revealed. Like Jubilee is also like, hey, we should stop him. Like she just has weird little crushes on older people. This one, Jubilee felt to me like she was the, the young person in a room full of old people. Like... If like a little kid meets a YouTuber and his parents are like, who is, who is this person? And she's like, oh, that's my favorite YouTuber. And they're like, what is a YouTuber? You know, that's yeah. a, that was the energy I was giving me with Jubilee. Yeah. It's, yeah. oh my God, that's dream. And the parents are like, what is Minecraft? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Wolverine says to let him go too much of a loner. And I said it to myself before Beast even had the chance to say it. It's like, oh, that kind of sounds like you. I look at how many times people point that out to Wolverine and it's never like it never absorbs into him. Right. <laughs> There's a um, lot of that, too. Like, he's such a loner. Like, Wolverine's such a loner. I'm like, is he? Like, he has a whole team. Batman's such a loner. But he has, like, 50 Robins and Nightwings and all this <laughs> stuff. You know, Spider-Man's a loner. He's got, like, nine girlfriends. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Who's? But they all die. That's the thing. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers. Well, I mean, everybody. Like, everybody in Wolverine's life dies, too. <laughs> I was having a conversation with a friend about who the worst people to be in relationships in Marvel are. And aside from Hank Pym, I think it's Spider-Man and Hawkeye and then Wolverine. There have been more interventions for (laughs) Spider-Man and Hawkeye than Wolverine, and Wolverine has lost half of the people in, like, horrible, bloody murders. (laughs) This is so gross. And they they rubbed it in during the X-Men series when one of his other exes came up, and, like, Gene, I think, goes through, like, his dresser drawer, which is a horrible thing to do for 
anybody, but well, they she's were a searching psychic. for him. But specifically, a guy like this is really secretive because she just goes through like a Rolodex of photos <laughs> of all his exes. And so just remind everybody, like, she died, she died, she died. We don't know where she is. She's she probably dead. I died. Yeah. yeah. Twice. So it's a good Rolodex, though. Hot, yeah. hot, hot. You know, all hot, all hot, and also very different types. He he runs the gamut Does, on different types of women that he goes yeah. for too. He's not like a cyclops. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> the guy obsessed with literally head, two head, women head, his entire head, life, head. and that's it. Uh, I White can't wait head. for an awkward Emma Frost like yeah. date to happen in X Men '97. Can't wait for that. Hopefully, we might be waiting sure. a while. Wolverine and Beast follow him to the fence, and Wolverine's basically like, "Good riddance." And Beast seemingly goes a little bit out of character on this, at least from Wolverine's perspective. And he's like, "No, nah, he shouldn't be on, on his own. Maybe we should help him." And Wolverine's basically like, "This is unlike you," and Beast turns on a dime like the amount of times i think i've seen beast get mad in the series i could count on one hand and he does it real quick in this episode it's usually when somebody points out like the physical part about being a mutant right because he's like one of the handful that's physically manifesting yeah even then i feel like he gets oh they're like why don't you like being a mutant and they're like look at me you idiot like (laughs) i can't can't walk down the street without feeling like i'm a weirdo even then i feel like beast gets sad usually not necessarily mad but here he's he's pissed he's like what makes you think you know me so well then okay go, Wolverine. go fuck yourself logan yeah <laughs> he also he said no man is an island all to himself i was like i don't think that's how it goes and so i looked it up and it's not how it goes it's no man <laughs> is an island entire of itself and i'm like well d- what just happened are they like paraphrasing famous phrases and then he did that like nine times throughout the episode he tends to do that there's also an episode of the x-men series called no mutant is an island which is about cyclops being depressed (laughs) these poor guys michelle waffle did point out where did beast get his doctorate from we've only known that he goes to xavier's university so (sighs) and he could do eye surgery didn't he do didn't he go somewhere before and when he was as, a as skin as, as far as the sh- yeah when he as was a as, skin, skin. <laughs> like, what's that like a prompt what sounds like a slur but isn't <laughs> when he was a skin yeah that's up there in this show they've made allusions to other things but they've never been like he went to harvard or something because mm-hmm. i actually think someone on tiktok because we put that up as a tiktok clip and someone's like he obviously went to and they pointed out a bunch of stuff in the comics that he actually got doctorate i'm like we're not taking that seriously but <laughs> and this is why rod just gets hate comments on our tiktok yeah that's great actually with the poll thing we were like what should we watch next and you were like say something offensive on tiktok so i just the description of that tiktok is something offensive <laughs> god damn it, i thought god. he was like <laughs> I thought he was like on a f- football scholarship, and it was like one of those scumbaggy things, like like when Spider Man in, in the, the comics. They definitely explain it in okay, okay. Somewhere they've referenced it in the cartoons, not at all. Yeah, yeah. All his book covers are blurry in this show or that show. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's dreaming. So. Yeah, well, or Fox didn't secure the rights to use yeah, books. Yeah, they didn't get a public domain <laughs> book. But we cut over and we see this character we know as Landon, who is arriving at a warehouse. Oh, and I, like we already said, Landon. I was like, why does that voice sound familiar? It's Raz Al Ghul's voice. I was like, okay, cool. Originally, not the voice actor who was supposed to take the role. The other person sounded too boring, and then the Raz Al Ghul voice actor got the gig. Slides wow. right so in. So one of the things that we have heard is the 
writing teams for the X-Men series and Batman the Animated Series did have a lot of crossover with each other. So, like, lots of friends. So I'm sure somebody was like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's great. You should use him. And one important thing to know, they actually needed to fly everybody from Canada to Los Angeles to record this. So all the X-Men cast had to come to L.A. for these two episodes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's why they had access to the Raz Al Ghul voice actor as well. Yeah, well, and all of us live in L.A. We know how it is. It's like, and also, you know, me and Max spend a lot of time in YouTube space. So like You're just doxing something. us all over the place, Rod. Right. <laughs> well, but whenever like we, somebody film like a music video or something, we're like we need one extra, some you know, fill in the blank with some demographic yeah. or type or whatever. We're like you, what are you doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Can you sit there quietly? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Max, can you make sure I don't get beat up during this prank video? Yeah, sure. Awesome. <laughs> there was a music video for a K-pop singer for like a Nickelodeon thing. And I was literally sitting at the editing bays of YouTube space, like working on a video to like that late hours or whatever. And someone ran in. They're like, you want to be in a music video? I'm like, sure. When? And they were like, they're filming now. Right I, now. Thought, I thought they meant they were filming that day. <laughs> they were literally in the middle of their one take and they were approaching the part where they needed us. And she just threw me in there. So if you see this Christmas video and I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. I just I have seconds before it came off a of bay like, hey, <laughs> wow. They needed like another Asian at the end of the line. Like <laughs> typical, typical. Yeah. Your improv anyway. skills totally on point. Right. Bad dancing. <laughs> yep. And then we get the hobgoblin appears, and all I could think is, wow, this guy is doing an amazing Joker impression. I'm never I've never been clear on how to tell the difference between hobgoblin and green goblin. Hobgoblin is the one that's actually a goblin. No one's or? green. Oh, Neither's green actually a goblin. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I don't know then. <laughs> <laughs> green goblins norman osborne and then harry osborne and he's green yeah Hobgoblin, green is a big piece of this green yeah green is a i don't i don't i don't trust huge piece show, of it because there's these, a, show, these fox shows <laughs> there's other goblins too demo goblin and what's that other mm-hmm. one with the arms i don't remember but that's the only green the ones <laughs> and then hobgoblin was just kind of like a mercenary right Chakra? i can't remember there there have been multiple hobgoblins so while the Green Goblin is essentially like the family curse of the Osborns, the Hobgoblin, I forget the names of, of one of them being Ned Leeds, and then there are yeah. a few others. Ned, also Peter's friend in the modern movies, too. He's going to have a wild storyline going because he's, he's been like hinted at being like a sorcerer and also <laughs> yes. the Goblin thing. Like, I don't, I don't think that one's going to, yeah. But, getting on a glider anytime soon. But all that said, <laughs> they found a stash of the Green Goblin stuff and then proceeded to personalize it. And then there's been like goblin feuds and all that stuff throughout the the comics and stuff like that. But it all depends who is the goblin at the time and what their motivation is. Some of them are purely mercenaries, very Deathstroke style. And some of them are crazy. Like the most recent version of Ned Leeds as the crazy version from from what I remember. So, But all their, their abilities, pretty much the same, right? Yeah, because it's it's like it's a goblin serum and and yeah. the tech that is literally copycatted so it doesn't it doesn't norman make that i don't know it's all muddled but for, for all intents and purposes it's a guy on a glider with some pumpkins yeah, it's not the Osborns. that's it yeah it's a not osborne goblin yes right. but it, it, you hear him and you're like joker is that you what's up uh, what's going on on that mark hamill <laughs> and he and he really it's the same voice. It's like, the same all due voice. respect to him, it's the same fucking voice. <laughs> and he does like a laugh. He, he doesn't like play it straight. He doesn't like, you know what I mean? He's not like a grim and gritty guy. He's like kind of silly and or like kind of, 
I don't know, not kooky, but off the wall. And then he does that laugh and you're like, yeah, that's, that's him. That's Joker. <laughs> Super weird. And I'm sure I knew it at some point, but I forgot about it. Totally. And then like, then it clicked and I was like, is this just, like I said, is this a voice actor doing a Joker impression? Nope. It was Mark being Mark. It was, was awesome. Like, oh, that, oh, that was Mark. Hamill? That was actually Mark. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say that you wonder of like what the direction was. Or, like try to sound like Mark Hamill. That was him. Okay. He, that if that was the direction, it was perfect. Yeah. They're like, be yourself. <laughs> I wonder if he was the second choice too. And the first guy, they were like, you know, he doesn't sound enough like Mark Hamill. Who are we going to get to say, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they literally just walked down the hallway and got him. Yeah, who's in an editing bay next to Rod. Yeah. Right. Well, we do have multiple books that we use for research for this show. We have zero books for the Spider-Man animated stuff, so we're just pontificating and making shit up. Landon leaves the money behind. As he leaves, he gets in his car, blows it up, and obviously we know the Hobgoblin's not going to die. That would just be a really lame and shitty way to kill him off. So not as discreet as I think Landon might have thought that would have been. He's about as discreet as Storm is with dropping buildings on people. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to live in New York in the 90s with the X-Men around. (laughs) Okay. Any era of comic book, you do not want to live in New York City. I still don't know why that is the most populated city on the planet in the Marvel Universe. It is absurd how many awful things are constantly happening specifically to new york city more people chasing a dream right <laughs> like is like, new york worse than gotham yes or would you rather live in metropolis or new york's dc metropolis or marvel, marvel new york new york so was gotham Mar- model kind of after new york chicago it chicago it was chicago it's more chicago yeah because of the industrialization or whatever I can vouch for that because Gary, Indiana is scary as fuck, or it was when I was a kid. Because <laughs> Gary's like the dark side of Chicago. As Landon's driving away, he gets a cell call from Kingpin, who questions if he's spying on him, and Kingpin straight up admits, yeah, of course I'm spying on of you. Of course. Kind of like a Bane. Of course. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that happened a lot, too, where like Kingpin had all these like secret cameras everywhere. And yeah. then, like, he would be like, let's let's get out of this plan. I don't like it anymore. Let's 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 get messed up. I'm out of here. <laughs> and it happened like 50 times. And I'm like, well, are you ever going to have a plan that you're just going to stick to execute? Or nope. are you just going to keep vo- voyeuristically <laughs> snooping on people? <laughs> so Landon's basically like, look, I'm getting the progress that you expect out of me. We don't know what the plan is. And then Kingpin's like, all right, well, we'll see what this press conference has. And then you see a model of a super mutant that Kingpin is expecting Landon to be building for him and is essentially bankrolling it. Growing. Yes. Building. Growing. Growing. Making. Making. Creating. Yeah. And then, Rod, did you remember who the guy in the floating wheelchair was? Smythe, right? But did you know who the character was? No. <laughs> well, oh, I remember in the Spider-Man show, he, he was one of the villains, right? Yes. I can't remember like exactly what because I did rewatch this show, but it was at least like five or six years ago, so I can't remember like which villain he was. This is always a favorite game with Rod is asking, "Do you remember or do you know this character?" Smythe, and then was. he identifies if it's from a show or from yeah. the MCU or a toy. Those nice. are usually the ways. It was from this show. At first, though, I got him confused because he had a very similar model of in the show as Eddie Brock from like the like when they just showed him okay. same haircut. Stuff and stuff but i don't remember like what super villain he turned into <laughs> he became one of the spider slayers oh okay gotcha that makes sense yeah thanks to raza i mean the thanks Ra's to raza cool. al- 
A lot of crossover. So what happens when James Gunn goes over to DC? <laughs> so Landon pulls up to the Brand Corporation, which in the comics, not bankrolled by the Kingpin in the show, bankrolled by Kingpin. And we meet his assistant coordinator, VP of marketing. I have no idea what she actually is. Genevieve. Genevieve is not a character you need to know, Rod. Just I, I wanted I to get that got, out of the way for you. I literally got her confused with another short-haired lady in the show, and I had to correct the, my notes later. <laughs> <laughs> so Landon basically says, you know, he just needs one final test. And then we jump over where Beast is catching up with Spider-Man, and there are a few bad X puns, and Spider-Man is just pretty pissed at beast basically he's taking out the aggression he has left on the one remaining x-man who's there also he got followed and then we find out two soldiers are spying they've been out there specifically near the mansion to try to find a mutant straggler i guess did you catch the name was that the where the lee wall drop was that was where the lee wall okay. drop was and, and that i'm assuming that's a name drop for eric and julia right specifically for eric on this one eric yeah. okay cool they keep having their little back and forth and peter says that he's worried that he is not human anymore. And that's where one of the only, like most dramatic animation flubs happens in the episode because Spider-Man is talking and then it cuts over to Beast and Beast's mouth is moving at an extreme close-up for no reason as it's Peter's voice. Oh man. It was it was I, it was I, one I, of the rough ones. I am really tired cuz I did not notice that. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> And then Beast gets ambushed. Oh, yeah, because Spider-Man like, ran away. Yeah, Spider-Man bounces, and Beast is left and gets circled by Lee Wald and a bunch of the other guards. Also, one of the henchmen, Mark Hamill. Was it really? Yeah, oh, really? he's just doing... They're like, it's the same thing. They're just like, double oh, no, duty. we need another... Hey, can Maybe you do a was... different voice? He's like, no. And they're like, okay, well, just do Mark Hamill again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was not an editing bay that day over like Fox Studios or something. He's, he's like, I'm sure working on my YouTube videos. And he's like, what's a YouTube video? I don't know. You want to be in the show? So Spider-Man, unaware of beasts being captured, goes and creepily stares outside of his not-girlfriend Mary Jane's window. Or were they broken up at this point? I don't, I don't think they were together at this point, or they were broken yeah. up, but they were not a thing at that point. So yeah, remember that era when it was like romantic to hang outside the window of your like your significant other or crush, yeah, just I, showing up in the middle of the night with a boombox over your head. Yeah, or not even doing that, just being there, not then never knowing. Now you <laughs> that was like a that was like a trope in those movies at the time. It was like oh, you know. yeah. Was, Does that wasn't go like creepy. back to like John Hughes and shit like that? Like is that Probably. where that started becoming a thing? Dawson's Probably. Creek was in there, and now you just watch him on Instagram Live. <laughs> You're just sitting in the Instagram Live, just tapping the like over They'll and over never and over know again. I'm here, <laughs> <laughs> they only have three viewers. <laughs> then goes into his house walks by Aunt May. Obviously, he's not in costume when he's in the house. And then he goes by the picture of Uncle Ben, and he learns a life lesson while fishing. Now, was this the show's great responsibility speech? Or just like a derivative of it? I couldn't remember if he actually had one earlier. I feel like every Spider-Man had had that yeah, that verbatim like speech. This is yeah, season okay. two, my man. We're yeah. not <laughs> we're not waiting that long for that speech. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to say the first time where they didn't do that speech straight up from Uncle Ben was the Tom Holland Spider Man. Yeah, Every yeah. other yeah. one that has existed before it, I, I it like was still the, it was still the speech. <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee you the the Japanese Spider Man who had the the robot mech <laughs> had that speech. She was like a schoolgirl, right? No, no, I'm talking about the live action one where he he had a mech 
The guy who would be uh, her father in Spider-Verse, that was a live action show. Oh, I didn't know that. It was okay. weird. It, it was, was really weird. It was like, like total like Super Sentai style shit too. It was like out there. Oh, is that the one that started the Power Rangers? I'm thinking it looked else. just like it looked. Ultraman it was the same filming of it, or yeah. Power Rangers, or any of those. Because there was a, there was a thing where like Marvel licensed Spider Man out to some yeah that some one. studio in Japan, and then it became footage that became like eventually that like spurned spawned off like the footage that come back to America's Power Rangers or whatever. So it was probably it was probably somewhere in that circle. There was somewhere within that same like yeah. six warehouses that shot those shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you think there's at least there was six. <laughs> Dude, they they put out a, they put out same a lot of days. content that was very similar to that. Let's same, be honest. Same, same one warehouse, six addresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just a curtain between each of the sets. <laughs> they just keep sharing the monster closets with yeah. people. But that life lesson, he he gets to the Brooklyn Bridge and he decides that he's not going to give up. Then he just needed to remember Uncle Ben. So good thing he walked. Was, good thing he walked by that photograph. This was like a non-comedy version of like we're definitely not going to do that hard cut. We're doing it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it was like the dramatic version of that. Like I'm totally giving up. I'm not going to give up, Uncle Ben. Just kidding. <laughs> We've solved this in about 20 minutes for him to have a three-minute memory. Yeah. <laughs> Jumps over. It's the next morning. They're flying in the Blackbird, and we get the. The thank God they never put it in the X-Men animated series 3D. Like, holy shit. It, I get at the time, everything amazed us. Looking back, it's so bad. So crappy. Yeah, and, and that was a staple of the Spider-Man show specifically, right? When he was like swinging through the buildings and yeah. stuff. It happened a lot. Yeah, we, I think we got two or three instances between these two episodes where it happened. But yeah. it was it was rough. And John, I know you and I have talked about this, but like, you know, we kind of talk about AI right now where everybody's like, it's so realistic and stuff. And I was like, mm, remember what we said about PS1 graphics? <laughs> like, it, it's like, give it 10 years and we're going to look back and like, you'll be able to see it. You know, like yeah. the Spider-Man <laughs> game for PlayStation, the first one, he just had fists yep. <laughs> and he couldn't open his fingers. And so he'd be talking and he'd like stroke his chin or whatever with his <laughs> fist or he'd like shake somebody's hand it was like yeah. two lego you know like it, it was, looked like he had like uh uh you know like when you're cooking and you just have the oven mitt on your hand yeah that's how his fists were shaped but they were so geometrically they were like angular they looked like tomb raider <laughs> boobs on his hands <laughs> It was like so freaky. They're just pointed. They were pointed, and that was his knuckles. And you're like, "This is what?" And then he, and I feel like they could have like wrote it a little better. But sometimes he'd like wave, and he'd wave like a a knuckly trapezoid thing at you, and you're like, "I don't like this game. I don't. I don't want to play this anymore." Which is is amazing because the second Spider-Man for PlayStation Two is considered one of the best superhero games of that entire decade. First one was garbage. It was so bad. Because he also would like fly through the sky and just not, he would be above every single skyscraper. Building, yeah. And if he fell down, he would just die. Like you you couldn't drop, which made no oh, sense wow. because it's the only spot where he actually would have had shit to web onto. No. Yeah. <laughs> you stick on the clouds, but not the building. Nope. Yeah, it was wild. Ask me how many games I had. All of them. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So Wolverine buzzes the Blackbird, says, hey, have you guys seen Beast? He's missing. He didn't sleep in his bed, which... 
I the, think we learned something about Wolverine. The X-Men have I was, I was waiting for him issues. to say our bed. <laughs> they have issues with boundaries in the mansion, I feel like. <laughs> it's a big frat house, I mean. Yeah. Also, I feel like if there was ever somebody who would immediately make the bed first thing in the morning, even if they woke up at 5 a.m., it would be Beast. So that's what Wolverine yeah. was like checking repeatedly throughout the night, right? It's a weird thing to say he didn't sleep in his bed last night. He's like, he's not in his room. He's not in the lab. He's not, you know, I can't find him anywhere. Not like, I watched his room, his bed last night. <laughs> he's just getting revenge for all the times people, like, rifle through his stuff. <laughs> he, he just went, he went over and he felt the pillow and he's like, mm, this isn't warm enough. <laughs> Temperature. He lost so. his shot with Gene and he was like, listen, second choice. <laughs> Is that your second choice? Yeah, probably. Well, alternate reality version, he had a heartbreak with Storm. Storm, yeah. So. He likes powerful people. It's true. This was after the One Man's Worth episode, too, Don't just for all? context. So. There you go. <laughs> but Cyclops is like, all right, cool, we're coming back. And then he, like, it's not a barrel roll. He literally just, like, flips them upside down and flies back. Yeah, and poor Jubilee's like, I'm. I get motion sickness, so yeah, I'm gonna die. On you. This is why I'm the most worthless X Men in the show. <laughs> she's flashbacking to all the times people yell at her during Driver's Ed. There's several episodes where she's learning to drive, and people are like, Jubilee, careful. And then they're like in a jet. This is how you know the Leewalds did not write this episode because Scott is happy as this is all happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is of yelling at everybody? Yeah. He's like, got to learn, fun, Jubilee. G. Yeah. There's a little moment between Gene and Wolverine, and he talks about how this doesn't seem like Hank. He's acting weird lately. Well, Gene's like, well, that's, you know, his private pain. He doesn't like to share with people. It's like, thanks for being the downer. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she's like, but I hear his mind screaming it all goddamn day. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> I mean, especially after she got the power boost from the Phoenix. Yeah. She just hears the depression of the entire mansion at once. I mean, right. I, wouldn't it be awful? It, well, wouldn't it be drowned out, though, if you hear everybody? You can't control it, right? Uh, like, if you focus on someone, that's what I want to hear. But if we're talking about she's just walking around day to day, and she's like, oh, man, everyone's so... Like, wouldn't you hear it would be like a like a, the murmurs of a crowd versus like... Right. It's like white noise because it's so much of it. I can't remember which movie or show it was. I don't think it was Bruce Almighty, but it was something like that, where someone becomes basically God. Bruce Almighty. God. Was it Bruce, Bruce Almighty? Almighty? But no, but I mean, like, the, but the specific thing where, like, they can hear people's thoughts, but it's in this super specific God way where it's not drowned out. They can individually hear everything all at once. Oh, God. I mean, so I've, I've definitely read a Superman story where the reason why he flew up to space was the only time he couldn't hear all the shit that was going bad on Earth at once. Shut, I get it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he just goes nuts and blows up the planet. Yeah. yeah. It's Fortress I mean, of Solitude, you know what I mean? It's he literally built it to not listen to everybody's problems. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. So Wolverine decides he's going to go on the hunt. He finds the spot where the trap took place. Blames Spider-Man for an ambush. He knows that there's there's scents that are not Spider-Man, but blames Spider-Man for whatever happened to Beast. I love that they made him get down on his fucking hands and knees like a dog to smell. Whereas normally he's just like, oh, there's a guy outside. He, this one they made him like. Get- <laughs> so if we factor this in that this took a t- around the same time as the Proteus episode, 
he's gone through some shit because the Proteus episode that is literally airing (laughs) either the half hour before this or the half hour after it. I don't know which one. (sighs) He literally got turned into like liquid soup. Yeah. And so his kids were like, why is Wolverine so irritable? He just got dematerialized, man, like 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. Were you not paying attention? (laughs) (laughs) And he got insulted by a British politician. Scottish. Scottish in particular. Scottish. UK. Go to the press conference where Peter showed shows up and he meets Cecily who I had no idea who that was my only note here is Peter's at a press conference and finds out his friend is racist <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah hell yeah I think that's all that came out of that conversation yeah that's that's pretty much what it was he's shocked that she's racist that's what came out she, of it and then she leaves and then we never hear from her again nope. I thought she was the assistant until I saw her I was like no that wasn't the same no nope. okay that's that was Genevieve Genevieve has <laughs> has her own set of issues but no this person was just like looking for the friends of humanity recruitment center right well it's also an anti-racist and that's that's funny you know people ask me why I like comics I'm like well it I'm well adjusted I'm not a racist yeah. I'm not a sexist because I read comics you why are you a racist are you a sexist (laughs) (laughs) yeah i always love the oh comics are too woke right now and it's like there were covers of captain america punching hitler like we've always not liked the fascists that's been a thing for a while now if anybody listening wants to watch a great video about that our mutual friend scott at nerdsync did a video about comics being political and that's the i think that's a thumbnail is like that is a thumbnail in like the 50s or 60s like oh that's right because you were doing integrations from the time he's like and i remember you saying like hey scott how about for like the first video after we sign you to not be like hitler on the thumbnail he's like we (laughs) he's like we have to do the next video then (laughs) we'll see Uh, yeah this creator is family friendly by the way First integration, Hitler on the thumbnail. But at least it's anti-Hitler, so that's what counts. So press conference starts up. We see very bad 3D DNA talking about imperfections within it. And then they call it in this show mutancy. I don't think they ever referred to it as mutancy in the the X-Men animated series, though. If mutancy, is that what they said? That's what they said multiple times was curing like mutancy. Is like a mutant agency? Is that what it's supposed to be? Like being contagion to being a mutant? I don't know, but that's what they call it was mutancy. Talks about how they have a supercomputer that's going to help them identify the genes. And then before he gets to probably his, you know, red hat wearing perspective on it, spider sense goes off and the hobgoblin arrives. Again, too slow. Even if he had reacted to it, hobgoblin's way too close for that spider sense to be any good. <laughs> It was like Mean Girls. Amanda Seyfried's character is like, my boobs can tell it's raining half the time after it's already raining. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that it? Is that that energy? Totally. <laughs> it's like it's like Hobgoblin's here. Is like, yes, he is through the ceiling. Yeah, he's already rest- <laughs> shooting at Landon right now. <laughs> the rest of the auditorium also noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Man's like, I feel it in my balls. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> so. Peter runs off. A bunch of people do not quickly evacuate the room because Peter has enough time to get into full Spider-Man gear in that that time frame. And a few people still have not run away. And then they're that the, anti-mutant. <laughs> they're like they're still hating on Hobgoblin. Yeah, they're like, is he a mutant? Should we dislike him because he's destroying shit or because he's a mutant? We don't know which reason we're not supposed to like him. The hatred is buffering. Spider-Man <laughs> makes it back in time in full gear to save Landon. And at the time, Hobgoblin decides, "Fuck it, I'm going to destroy the ceiling." keeping up with the tradition of destroying ceilings from the X-Men animated show. 
Yep. Smart. But now we know that the X-Men were the good guys because they were able to do it without destroying the infrastructure of the building. They usually without... destroyed skylights. That's why. Yeah. Mm. And so Hobgoblins like doesn't care and he's like, the buildings have collapsed. But yeah, but the X-Men are like, We'll destroy like we'll destroy a part of your building, but it'll still stand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's leaving, the Hobgoblin reminds Landon that they still have an agreement. He's going to quintuple the price, I think he said. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You try to kill me. Free market. Spider-Man goes and is trying to prevent the ceiling from falling apart. Max, because you are a, a classic Spider-Man fan, it reminded me of the cover where it's it's him buried under the rubble and there's like rebar and stuff like that. I was like, are we going to get like the full collapse on him with that that classic cover? And we didn't get it, obviously, but but that's what it made me think of. It's the most famous. It's one of his most like iconic. And he's it, that was, was weird, too, because he's like, I can't hold it. Wait a minute. Yes, I can. <laughs> and then he pushes the shit. You're like, okay. Right. It's like in the new Doctor Strange movie where America Chavez is like, I can't control my powers. And he's like, yes, you can. And she's like, yes, I yes, can. I can. <laughs> it's, it's like the Uncle Ben thing or the comedic, like, we're not going to do that. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. <laughs> Genevieve decides she wants to, to try to help because Spider-Man saved Landon's life. Landon's like, nope, fuck it, we're out, we don't need him. Which, he doesn't even really have a reason to hate Spider-Man or anything like that, because he doesn't know Spider-Man's a mutant or mutating anyway. He probably Just, thinks he's a dirty mute, mutation, whatever, whatever Muty? They, they probably just, like, assume. A mutation. A, yeah, a mute mutancy. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I noticed was, I don't know if you, do you remember Hobgoblin's flying around on his glider, which is identical to the Green Goblin glider, and I forget which one it was. Except that it's purple purple right exactly yep and there was another i don't know if it was an episode or a couple episodes where he built a a bigger glider that the little glider would like plop into oh i had the toy i remember it well a you had the toy because the whole reason they made the episode was so you'd buy the toy it worked and it was so stupid to be like we got a glider and what if what if it plops into a bigger glider and then i think at some other like down the line remember alistair smythe who you were talking about earlier spider slayer yep he like made a little spider slayer and then it like popped into a bigger spider slayer which popped onto a bigger spider slayer and it was a triple <laughs> spider slayer and even like a, a russian doll it was exactly no 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 like, like on top of each other not even yeah, inside uh, like stacked stacked on and i mean obviously so you'd buy the toy and i remember even as a little kid being like Oh, well, uh, this is a little gratuitous here. Toy toy Biz Company X, whatever the hell it was called. Like It was Toy Biz, it. you're right. I'll buy, I'll buy the Spider Slayer toy. Fine. Do I have to buy the other two Spider Slayer toys that are identical, just like one degree taller? It was so <laughs> stupid. Well, one was, was like a scorpion, and that had to be the base. So Right, of course. It was like, it's like the Zords with Power Rangers. Yeah. You could have the base Megazord, but then you had to have like, the chariot and the shield and the, right. the dragon armor thing. Right. I Only think his name was Titanus. Ty- yeah, the gliders Titanus. were all like, identical. And I'm like, oh, a bigger glider. <gasps> I got an idea. What about a bigger, bigger glider? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, should I be writing this show? <laughs> <laughs> or at least designing for toy base. Yeah, exactly. If you were in the right edit bay, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh no, we need an idea for a thing. You, quick, and I, there's a glider. What about that? And he's like, a bigger glider. And they're like, oh, <laughs> cut the check. Cut this guy a check. 
<laughs> Avi Arad just high fives you. <laughs> Someday, if the NDAs ever like arise, there's been at least two times in my life where I've said something dumb in, in a setting with friends that are in unrelated fields to my own. And they're like, that's a great idea for their, whatever their business is. And they've executed it. And it's been like somewhat successful. And I'm like, that is so dumb. And I wish the public or anybody besides me and this other person knew that that was the thing. I was like cracking a joke at dinner. And they're like, let's make an entire investment out of this. <laughs> I think you need to start suing people is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, get some equity, baby. Yeah. Jump over to the lab. Beast wakes up in a cell. Very quickly gets electrocuted. A lot of lasers on Spider-Man. Yeah. We find out years ago... Landon and Beast used to work together because Beast was so eager to find a cure of his mutancy. Said that word again. Yeah. And my note here was Landon gives his villain speech and reveals that he stole the plot to Roger Rabbit. It's the same thing, right? It's a vat of a chemical. It's not quite acid, but it only dissolves a specific type. I hate that creature. he's not wrong, Max. <laughs> I hate that he's not wrong. It makes sense. That poor shoe. This is what it is doing a show with Rod. Is He says shit like this, and I'm like... Oh, uh, he's right. He's really yeah. right. <laughs> you hate to say it. Yeah. Beast, you know, mentions that, yes, that was a long time ago, and he's changed, and then Landon's like, yeah, you're one of them now. And it's like, well, technically, he was always one of them. He was just trying to not turn blue. Yeah, which is a weird... This was before he was blue fur, when he was skin. Yes, when he, he, when he to, was a skin. A skin. <laughs> when he was a skin, he wanted to un mutant see himself when he was a skin he had an awesome he had a he had a going on he, he, he was had a great situation you know he was a super or, athletic linebacker who was just a jacked dude naturally right like that right? that was that was pre-blue beast was just a brick he, shit he house notice, you know did he notice changes where other people might not necessarily see the changes early on uh, all i know is that dude should have just gone to the nfl and kept his fucking mouth shut according yeah. to the show he had it yeah. made. He was, and and they said that the experiment turned him. Did they re- allude to that, or is that something else? That the Landon experiment turned him fur out of. A, it, I turned do, him oh, I from a skin to a fur to, a, <laughs> to a blue. A blue. Now I can't remember if I filled that in myself or if they said it in the show. I feel and like we're not going to check. We're going to assume yeah, it was in the show. Is it, I don't think they said it, but they might have like shown something. They showed some stuff from the lab and everything. In the in the next episode, they do show him in the lab when yeah. he's still a skin. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that's sticking. Oh, it's too good not to. Landon basically says, "Yep, going to use your research. Going to destroy all mutants." Beast calls it genocide, and Landon's like, "Yeah," like he's not upset about that comparison in yeah. any way. You, you nailed Here it. I have his. Landon confesses he's a Nazi and is testing this process on Hank. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> Sounds good. And specifically is able to succeed because of the research that they did together. So, yeah. Sucks for, for Hank. And that's why he's this angry. Cut outside. Spider-Man's on the side of the building. He's searching for Hobgoblin because Hobgoblin was able to escape through the roof. Does an awesome clothesline setup in front of Hobgoblin to knock him off the small, not great toy glider. That was great. He's got to have Goblin serum in him at some point because otherwise that would just like decapitate a person. Yeah, he's I, dead. Well, he, he also survived an explosion, right? In that building? I think he just got out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You mean the car? No, the building. The, the building when he had the suitcase. When Landon oh, gave yeah. him the, the money. Two explosions. Wait, there was a car too? Didn't they? Yeah, he had a car bomb in the beginning? I have a super mm. short memory. Okay. It's been a long day for all of us. Hobgoblin knows that Landon has a hidden agenda where he's looking to destroy all the mutants. And at that point, Wolverine shows up and just tackles the shit out of Spider-Man. Completely oblivious to the guy that he's fighting. Bizarre. And then the episode ends with the Hobgoblin about to drop a giant pumpkin 
as Spider-Man and Wolverine freeze frame about to punch each other with a to be continued. I remember thinking to myself, like, I hate the cliffhanger. That's why I fucking hate this show as much as I love it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I hated the cliffhangers. But there wasn't like a PowerPoint wipe with like real fire or something the X-Men show had. <laughs> the Phoenix PowerPoint. Yeah. Mm. Well, because there was a, was it the Phoenix one where there was like the world and there was a fire on it, but it was like. Oh, that was the coming soon, the Phoenix saga. Yeah. Yeah, because the fire wasn't physically correct because it was like angled, but it was like shooting straight, you know, like whatever direction it was. It was not shooting into space. It was just shooting vertical. Yeah. So some quick notes that we did not get to in this. The end fight scene was inspired by Spider-Man versus Wolverine, number one, from November of 1986. Oh, wow. Yep. Throwback, even back then. This entire Mutant Agenda storyline was actually from the first ever crossover of the comic strips mm-hmm. and physical comics. So your newspaper Sunday comics. Issue Zero was actually a blank comic book, and people cut them out from the newspaper and pasted them in order to fulfill the comic. Yeah, people did that. Nobody <laughs> on this call did that. I was going to say, I didn't know either of those things, like a blank comic book or there there was a superhero comic strip. Well, the, the Spider-Man comic strip ran... Forever. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was long awesome. running. The Spider-Man comic strip is the reason why Spider-Man married Mary Jane and felt like the stuff didn't end up going on with Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Stan controlled the story in the comic strip, which was a separate continuity than the comic books. This was like before times MCU and MCU TV. Yeah, it was early multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where it was like... I knew what he was going for, Max. I see the confusion on your face. I knew where he was going with it. I did cut out the strip and put it in, like, paste it in books and stuff. And I I had books and books of it. And frankly, it didn't make sense if you read it. If you just read one day and... Like you, it, it finally kind of made every day. Yeah. You, like finally, once I had four on a page for like 25, 30 pages or whatever, then I'm like, oh, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, other than that, you'd have no idea what was going on. It was yeah. such a weird setup. Yeah. Because it was one of the ones that was actually a narrative day to day. It wasn't like Garfield, where it was a three panel, let's right. do a joke and then total reset each day scenario that happened in march of 94 so only right before this episode came out from a timeline perspective i didn't realize it was that like i I say recent but like recent to me Mm -hmm. you know spider-man's first fight with the x-men happened in x-men number 35 so all the way back in the 60s they had their first crossover they were added the x-men were added to this to help boost the ratings of the spider-man show because the Spider-Man show was not as popular as the X-Men animated series. Well, it was just starting, wasn't it? it was season two. This was season X-Men two. X-Men was like season four. Four, five. Which is funny because they, they caught the X-Men in like their, their downturn. <laughs> it, was, it was right before it got really weird. Yeah. That's their move. Yeah. So that's everything I have for this episode. We still have to record one more episode onto it. Guys, any thoughts before we wrap this one and people will get to hear the next episode next week? I still like the animation alternate animation on this like better than the alternate animation on the actual X-Men show. Yes. The X-Men characters and it was like it, it kind of watching this I just watched this today and it was kind of showed me like oh it wasn't that the different characters bothered me on X-Men it was that it really was not as good and they're different. Like this was different and it was like you know I took a little adjusting but it was like still like not unpleasant to watch. Shy of the early 3D 
Yes, the mm-hmm. early 3D was painful, but I still yeah, don't well, think I, it was I, as, I mean, as bad as as the like the long shot episode of X Men the Animated Series. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with the fucking werewolves that God, they were just so bad. I remember thinking like everybody has a perfect suit. Everybody looks perfect. They were you know? they were clean too. Coloring might be a little wonky here and there, but everybody's outfit was like that's the A plus platinum level whatever like the spider-man was perfect wolverine was perfect all the x-men i remember like that's why beast was jacked up because beast his suit didn't change it was literally just the briefs and his hair went wild (laughs) yeah and he looked great it was awesome i thought everybody like that that's the peak of how everybody looked in my mind all right max remind people how to find you at max no sleeves on pretty much everything and if not there i'm probably hanging out at your corner bar so will i thank you guys for joining us if you have any thoughts make sure to drop them into the comments for the either the youtube upload the official instagram or the TikTok, where rod will say things that may or may not make sense <laughs> if you like what you heard we appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing find us on apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, amazon music spotify google Podcasts, and technically i think Castbox. still we get one person who listens to every episode so. oh hi hi Castbox person <laughs> Get their name. Right? <laughs> Leave it in the comments somewhere. Or yeah, do. if you're the cast box person, let yeah. us know. Yeah. <laughs>